0: Now I saw this story the other day, and I said to myself, "I've got to have a chat to this individual." He was one of the real cult figures of the One New Zealand Warriors, and the nicest bloke going around, Charlie Gubb. And I'm just—he's—he's like, he's still a youngster. He only—I couldn't believe it, Charlie. You only played 39 games for the Was.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's right. I was—I uh, was there for. For a while, but always then and now, I I think I was um, suspended for about thirty, and then <laughs>
0: just the way, way
1: the cookie crumbles. Sometimes.
0: No, everybody loves a tough guy, Charlie. Did, do you miss those days? I mean, you're only thirty three, man. You you pulled the pin at twenty eight.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I don't. I don't. I miss the like camaraderie and the the lifestyle of um, being around your friends every day, but. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't miss the the extreme extreme lows. You know that come with the highs and that sort of stuff. And I don't know. I, I, I think if I went in again, I'd have a different mentality and probably do a bit better. But um, so so yeah, no, I don't miss it. I don't
0: miss it, Charlie. When you talk about the extreme lows, because I've never heard a, a footy player say the extreme lows. What were the lows for you?
1: Oh, I think I think it's, it's the same for every every footy player. They probably don't talk about it until they actually uh, stop playing, you know, um, you're just riding that roller coaster of footy every week and you kind of just, if you have a bad game, it's not like you can just switch it off at the end of the night, that's your your whole week, do you know what I mean, you have that anxiety and um, kind of that disappointment of am I going to get picked this next week or am I on the chopping block and you don't know and it's just kind of that feeling whereas if you're playing well, everything's going good and it's the same with the team as well and the coaches. Um, I think in, in my um, seven or eight years at the Warriors we had four coaches and you could uh, they were all under
0: extreme stress <laughs> how, I did, can, uh, I can... how did you deal with it? How did you deal with those lows?
1: Oh I don't know you just get on You just get on with it kind of thing but it does um, affect you when you're either you probably don't know but it um, probably just affects everyone the same you just Go into. I guess you have like a, a depression for a few hours, and then when you you're you're training and going hard and just focus on the next week and that sort of stuff. But yeah, I'm I'm not actually too
0: sure now. You
1: just develop different uh,
0: ways of coping. Yeah, I mean, did did those ways of coping help you when you decided to pull the pin on the game itself?
1: Yeah, definitely. Like I think the way um, the way I played anyway. The um that next generation of player coming through was was so good they had they all got late footwork and stuff so I could see that um in the NRL anyway like I was kind of on the way out that's why I went to England but um I just hated it over there but I was happy to finish like I could have um you know kept kept playing and um been with a team whether it was um New Zealand or Australia but I think I was just more happy settling down with the family and, and getting into getting into everyday work. Like I'd already kind of, um, I feel like squeezed squeezed as much out of it as I could.
0: Wow. That, that's really interesting. But would you, would you, would you have liked to have gone back though? Would you have liked to give it another crack? And, and what would you, what would you do differently?
1: Um, what would I do differently? I would probably just, it's easier said than done, but just step back and, Um, just take it for what it is. You know, if you, if if there's pressure, you just step back and go, oh, at the end of the day, it's just 40, do you know what I mean? And you can still be happy away from it. Whereas I think I was just so emotionally invested that, you know, if we lost, I remember like where every time we lost, you know, I'd be so upset, um, but like, I wouldn't show it, but mentally I was just so upset and we lost a lot, you know, between 2012 and 17, Um, yeah probably just, just listen to um the mental skills coaches. They always have all their advice but it's just hard to take yeah. on when you're in the moment and you and sometimes you just need to live things for yourself. I am probably sounding like I was really down. I wasn't <laughs> but like that's just how it is, you know. Like it's it's not all fun.
0: No, but and, and there's the pressure of the fans too that you want, and you're so passionate about the game. You want to do well for your teammates, yourself, but also those fans. Of the players that you spent time with and played around, who were the most impressive and who were the most annoying? Let's start with the, who was the most impressive player that you loved playing with?
1: Um, pro- probably a, a cliche, but the most impressive would have been Simon Mannering, just the way that. He handled himself and I know that he was under like extreme stress and uh many years that he was playing. I remember saying to him, Oh man, I've um like I tore my groin and my sternum and this and I was kinda of complaining and I go, Have you ever done that? And he looked at me and he goes, Yeah, I've got it right now but like I was kind of embarrassed, like, Oh shucks, here I am complaining. This guy's he's been playing the whole year with it. So that's just the sort of guy he was. He's just led from the front, didn't matter, you know, he'd have food poisoning but he'd still be the best player on the field. So his his mental toughness and also just the way he was as a person was impressive. Um Ben Modolino, like in his prime, yeah. he was like you know, he he was the best prop. It was him and Bromwich in the era and I was a big uh Benny Modellino fan. But I don't know, there, there's a lot of a lot of those guys at the top of the NRL are super impressive. They're just um you know, a lot better than just than the average player. Yeah, I, just, I don't know. Like I, no, I, I,
0: I agree with you on Simon. He is the epitome of the word warrior. And for me, for yeah. me, for me, if I was to pick my number one player in the Warriors, it would be him. Full stop. All time. All time. Bar none. I don't care what anybody says. For me, Simon Mannering was is was the man. Now, who is the most annoying? Sharks the most annoying
1: (laughs) I don't know I don't don't know because I found I found found the annoying guys they were like much needed in the team because you need them to stir the pot kind of thing you know and just break break the ice and give guys like Wayne Scurra and stuff like that a lot of (laughs) the boss yeah I don't know there were so many in the in the (laughs) league community that just have no filter and, you know, they just say things and you're like, oh, shit, I would never say that.
0: <laughs> hey, uh, now, you're, now you're the king of poo, right? Uh, your company, right. is that Porter, Porter Kings? Yeah, yeah, Porter King. Porter Lou's just all around Wellington, yeah. What got you into the poo business?
1: Oh, it was, it was a bit of a strange one. I was, um, I was doing some, I had like a bit of a drilling crew that we just did piling and rock anchors and stuff when I moved home. And I was waiting for concrete one day and got talking to one of the p- guys that come to clean the portal, because I was ringing, hey, you need to come clean the toilet. <laughs> and I was talking to him, and then I was saying, oh, what's it like? And he goes, oh, it's easy, blah, blah, blah. I said, what's your boss doing? <laughs> what's your boss like? And he goes, I don't know, I never see him. He's always out fishing and blah, blah, blah. I was thinking, oh, I'd like to be the boss of a portal company come then. So um, kind of just just, stuck, uh, just with an idea, but just ran over it, so. Remember that day ringing up um, all the suppliers and figuring out how much it all costs and yeah, just did it with, did
0: it with a couple of mates and now and now you own this part of the market in Wellington, right
1: <laughs> uh I'd like to think so, but not quite maybe uh maybe a small percentage of the market, but I'm always uh keen to get a new customer if there's any listening
0: <laughs> we, def- we definitely do it better than anyone. Ah, there you go. There, there is the line. That's That should be a promo line. We do it better than anyone. That's it. Uh, hey, just yeah. before I let you go, man, because I know you're busy, uh, when you look back at your rugby league career, how would you like to be remembered as a footy player?
1: Um, I don't know. I probably just, because I, I, whatever the fans will have their own opinions on that, but just as a player, you just want to be looked at from... From your teammates because you're in there year in year out that's someone that they wanted to run out with and someone that they wanted to sit next to in the sheds i think that's um that's the most important thing because you know i've played with so many players and then some people were just kind of remembered for their footballing ability but the people that really get remembered within the walls is the people that um they were you know in the sheds and around around each other because at the end of the day it's a team thing so, yeah, just someone that people wanted to uh, be
0: next to. Oh, well, I miss, I miss seeing you on the field, Charlie, because you're just such a good bugger. So, look, thanks so much for giving us your time today. Uh, best of luck by being the king of Portaloos in Wellington. It's a businessman. Look after your family, and we'll, um, we'll see you sometime around the traps.
1: Oh, good, yeah. Thanks for the call-up. I was uh, very surprised. Good way to start the new year.
0: Yeah, you're more than welcome, Charlie. Take it easy, buddy.
1: See you, mate. Have a good one.